in the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest. You are listening to The Ernest Mann Show, and I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Wherever you may be listening, night or day, in this world. And of course, I want to thank you for tuning in. And I would also like to thank my listeners in South Africa. Your support is very much appreciated. And this is episode number 134. Earnest information. Would you like to live in paradise? Well, listen to this. It all has to do with that thing called the American dream. But what needs to be understood, first of all, is what exactly is paradise? Because, let's be honest, paradise is not one thing that is universal to everyone else. What may be paradise for you is not paradise for me. As another example, let's say you are a homicidal maniac. Well, one could argue that paradise for you might be a place that you can eke out your existence while you ply your desires to go around killing people. And if that was the case for such a person, you would want a place that at least has very, very little law enforcement, no cops. Or even if they did have any police, they would be incredibly, incredibly incompetent. So you could fulfill your <clears throat> uh, need to kill other people. Also, for instance, if you were a pyromaniac, then setting fires is pretty high on your priority list of self-fulfillment. But you simply can't go around starting fires in conventional societies. So, my point is, is that paradise is relative. Now, in the United States, in this bastion of the American dream, as you might call it, <laughs> um, generally speaking, uh, the rich the hoarders of wealth, usually, typically, they uh, live in the same communities because, well, they are hoarders of wealth. That's their value system 
and the uh, relative safety, let's say, that comes with, well, being that way. But the fact of the matter is, is that it is not something on multiple levels which is sustainable. So, you have to ask yourself the question, really, what is paradise? Now, what I'm going to tell you about in this story, and it's not just a story, actually, this is based on fact, that such places actually do exist. There's roughly about five of them. I do not live there, although I would love to, but I do not live there because I don't fulfill the necessary criteria. So probably the first thing that you may be thinking um, is that, well, it's a place exclusively for the rich. And what I'm going to tell you is that it's not. Because to a certain extent, rich or wealth is also relative. But ironically, these places that I'm talking about, and bear in mind, <clears throat> I have to describe them in a very oblique uh, in a very oblique manner, which should be for obvious reasons. But um, it's not necessarily predicated on your wealth alone. There are rules, and these places have these rules in place for that very reason. Now, I happen to know these places, and I happen to know people who live in these places. But anyone cannot live there. There are qualifications. And so, these places that I'm talking about, what I can tell you, is that on the surface, officially, they're completely open. But in reality, they're not. Because the people who govern these places have a very strict criteria and a very strict set of rules. And just because, for example, that you may happen to be um, insanely wealthy, that does not necessarily mean that you are welcome to live there. So, to a certain extent, what I'm trying to say is that money is important. I mean, you cannot be absolutely, you know, destitute but uh, you don't have to be filthy stinking rich 
you simply have to be able to fulfill certain criteria. Then, after that criteria is met, there are certain agreements that you have to abide by. So, again, I'll try to describe this from a resident's opposite point of view. Let's say that you found the place that you considered to be paradise, along with the other people who live there who are established residents. Now, you cannot have a situation where as what it is that you want to do is going to disrupt paradise. I mean, there is a process that you have to go through in order to establish residency and to maintain that registry. I'm sorry, that uh, residency. But you also have to bear in mind that <clears throat> there is a series of rules that you must absolutely positively abide by. So, for instance, I'm just going to talk about the rules that are on the outer border of the core rules. You can have friends that can visit you from other places. That's fine. And you can, uh, they can stay for X amount of time, but within, say, a month or two, they have to leave. They must leave. And if they want to stay permanently, they have to be able to fit into the mode and the criteria that is established. So, these places on the surface are open, but you effectively have a private uh, establishment. That's basically it. So, anyone that wants to actually come there and stay and wishes to live permanently, they go through a battery of qualifiers and questions. And only if uh, they meet that criteria can they actually, you know, potentially reside there. The reason for this, if you were to put this in reverse, imagine that you lived in a place that is absolutely beautiful and the people are uh, polite and nice and functional and they don't stir up trouble and they're not, uh, let's say, drug addicted and, and all that. And if that were the case, I mean, whatever you have in the place and the community where you live, that's the way you want to keep it. You don't want things to go into a, you know, uh, to a hell in a handbasket 
because of these interlopers that are now besieging your private aisle, let's say. And some of these places um, are, in fact, islands. Some are not. Am I going to tell you specifically where and you know what country, what place? No, I'm not going to do that over the radio or over the air or over the interweb or what the hell you want to call it. No. If you want to ask me, send me, drop me a line, talk to me about this, that's fine. But for the very same reasons and rules that I just mentioned, I mean, hell, depending on the situation, I might like to live there myself. And I don't want to disqualify myself by what I'm about to tell you. So hopefully, you know, I'll be able to stay within the good graces of uh, the owners of this place. But in short, <clears throat> one of the things is, is that they don't want a whole lot of people showing up, and especially those that are willy-nilly just breeding. That's the whole idea. They don't want to have their paradise in relatively short time turned into L.A. <laughs> that was the whole point of being here. And so... In order to have that, in order to maintain that, you can't just have people doing willy-nilly whatever they want and coming and doing whatever they want. You, you, you can't. So, officially it's open. Unofficially, it's not. So, you have to ask yourself the question, what would you be willing to give, to have such a place to live. And when I say you, it is not necessarily just you. It can be you and your significant other, potentially even a child. <clears throat> but one of the things, there are many, but one of the things concerning that is that they are very, very careful concerning planning and population. And they are this way out of necessity. So you see, it goes back to the original idea. You know, everybody, you know, most sane people anyway, everybody wants to live in paradise but oftentimes, they don't want the responsibilities to keep or maintain that paradise. Nothing is free, not even our desires. One has to understand that. You have to operate within certain systems. And if you're willing to do that, then it could work out for you. But if you're not, 
then it won't. But for instance, completely just off the top of your head, <clears throat> if you uh, if you thought, for instance, however however it may happen, um, you could have a great tremendous inheritance. Um, you could hit the lottery, um, whatever that case may be. And you instantaneously think, hey, you know, you remember what I was talking to you about here. And you say, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to contact this guy because he knows this and that's the place I want to be. But the thing is, that may be all well and good. But the powers that be the establishment, the powers that are there. They are very specific about what qualifies to be there. Now, I can tell you, for instance, this. Just because you have incredible wealth does not mean you're, you are carte blanche just in that you can pay an incredible amount of money to be there and or you and your family to be there isn't going to happen. And actually, it's amazing to think about this, that such places even exist. But I'm telling you, they do. But for instance, uh, some of the big names, people like um, Elon Musk, or Brazos, or Turner, or, you know, Oprah Winfrey, for instance, you know, can't live there. Now, I don't know if they have attempted to do this or not. I have no idea. But what I do know is that basically the people in charge, the people who are there, the people who run this thing, they have a very, very vested interest in pretty much keeping things just the way they are. And they fully understand these are intelligent people and they know their histories of the world. And they also know human nature. And once again, it's all of these folks who just believe that because they possess such incredible amounts of wealth that they can just go around and basically go to this place and buy everything up and uh-uh isn't going to happen. This is rock solid. So, I mean, if you think about it, you can imagine a place where you have, it's the environment is absolutely beautiful. You have nice, friendly folks, all of them doing their own thing, so to speak. Um, you don't, there are so many things that you don't have to 
actually worry about. You don't have to worry about crime. Crime is basically non-existent there. Because crime actually is completely utilitarian. When I say that, I'm talking about people, generally speaking, usually, that are very poor and they're trying to eke out either some kind of just base existence to live or they can be other forms of criminals like, you know, what used to be referred to as white collar criminals who believe that, um, you know, that theft is normal and uh, they're basically just going to carry on the same shenanigans that they did on Wall Street and impoverish, you know, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people around them to get what they want, the hell with everyone else, and then they're just going to fly off to these places. But these places don't accept that. And for various reasons that are also rock solid, it's not going to change. Now, perhaps you may be thinking, uh, when I'm talking about places like this, you may be, for instance, thinking, I don't know, of Belize, let's say. It's not Belize. That is a pretty much a, a playground for the rich. Everyone knows that. But as far as living, nah, isn't, isn't going to happen. These other places, you sure with enough wealth, you can live in Belize, but you won't be living in paradise. You'll be living in America 2.0, but there's a huge difference. Very, very big time, there's a difference. Now, <clears throat> I'm telling you all this because, in retrospect, considering where America is, again, what's the old oft term used that is the American dream, that's something that very quickly is going by the wayside. And the reason for that is the slow realization amongst even the very wealthy that um, they don't want to live here. They don't want to live here. And they don't want to live under the conditions that are becoming worse and worse, even for them. It's a real drag when, as a, uh, let's say, a Hollywood bigwig star, you can't lead a normal life. You can't just go out and mix with the crowd. You can't. There's so many places and so many things that you simply cannot do. And so, as a consequence even though it's not talked about, it's this 
slow realization of this reality, it kind of has them all in a pickle. Because, yeah, on the one hand, they can um, live the life that they are living. But you see, that requires a tremendous amount of not just wealth, but constant earning. If you're, for instance, a you know Hollywood starlet or star, um, you have to be able to keep things up financially, or very quickly, you can find yourself in a lot of trouble. So, essentially, you know, while we view these people as untouchable, well, that's really not the case. They are, they are feeling the pressure. They're feeling the pressure of this gilded cage that they exist within. Because as Shakespeare once said, a cage, though gilted, is still a cage. And they are not welcome to be in the other places that I had mentioned. At least, certainly not to live or long-term. So you have a situation, basically, where they're at an impasse. And as long as things remain as they are here in the States, and it's not actually going to remain as it is or was, it's only going to get worse, because that is what is necessary to keep this gilded Ponzi scheme going. And very slowly, but surely, they're figuring that out. A prime example of that, for instance, would be that within, I don't know, it was last year when um, it was Joe Rogan who got a whole boatload of money, I think it was like $100 million, and decided to uproot from California and relocate to Austin, Texas. And it wasn't um, too long after that that several others followed. But the problem is that now there is <laughs> there's murmuring going on that um, he is unhappy despite the money and the property and apparently anything or everything that Austin, Texas has to offer um, doesn't like it. It's not crazy about it. And I realize that some people could argue it's a case of, well, the grass always being greener on the other side of the fence. And I don't, I don't necessarily argue that. I can, you know, I can see that point. Um, because for better or for worse, I, you know, I believe that's part of our human nature. But there are places that are so beautiful and so wonderful 
and the people there are so content that under the worst circumstances that they might have to they might have to leave and they don't want to do that but that's how you know when a place is at least approaching paradise and so if you really want to live in a place like this you have to ask yourself the question are you willing to pay the price are you willing to commit let's say to a certain governance or a certain mindset and bear in mind i'm not saying that um you know you again you can't go there if you're broke but conversely you don't have to be a multi-millionaire the main thing that they are concerned with is your mindset as far as well being cooperative and um if you're not of that mindset and if you're not willing to toe the line to a certain extent and recognize it as your community then it's not going to work out i don't give a damn how much money you have you will one way or the other be gone and there is another factor involved you hear these stories occasionally of certain people who you would never imagine in a million years that anything should have happened to them but it does and um, at this point, without being specific, um, I can just tell you that um, you will be you will be eliminated because there are certain rules, and as you get into the core elements of this. And these, these things are absolute. They are not negotiable in any way, shape, or form. They are absolute. And they say, okay. And they'll get down to, say, three or four main points. And um, they will tell you that um, if you break this agreement, if you actually do that, there is a very very high probability that you will not live now if that doesn't scare the hell out of you i don't know what would i know it would scare the hell out of me if i were going to commit and i was allowed and accepted to be a part of this paradise and all the rules were laid out in front of me and they said well 
yeah, now this one thing, this these are the things, there are three or four core things that you positively, absolutely cannot do, or I don't know what word to use. They're going to whack you or something. <laughs> but I think about it long and hard, and if I could deal with that, I'd say, okay, where do I sign? <laughs> that, but that's me. That's not necessarily you, because... Um, some folks don't feel that way. Some folks have um, rather uninformed uh, and they keep approaching the idea of freedom as an absolute when it's not. Freedom is conditional and it is relative. And if you understand that, and this is regardless of whether you lived in one of these mystery paradise places that I'm talking about, this is, you know, this is a bedrock of life, of existence. Freedom is not an absolute. Freedom is relative. And if you understand that, chances are you're going to do much better in life overall, period. But that requires thought and introspection and even perhaps soul-searching, whatever you want to call it. But you have to think about this. But that is the... Uh, that's the conditions for being in such a place. So, do you have or have you had thoughts about your idea of paradise or your idea of freedom? Because it's there, at least to a far, far greater extent than perhaps you may have been experiencing in your life up until this point it's it's there and as i said before these places do exist but there has to be agreements and understandings and thought about what you want to do so let me know what you want to do drop me a line and let me know. Well, what did you think about that? I'd really like to hear what you have to say. So go on over to my website, theearnestmanshow.com, and put down your two cents worth. And while you're there, please feel free to Listen to any and all the episodes you like. Plus, check out the other interesting things on my website. Until next time, this is Ernest saying take care. I'm out of here.